Welcome to Sewing the Sky, a Glider Pilots Podcast. My name is Chuck. I will be your host, coming to you from the Mid-Atlantic region here in the United States and flying with the Cumberland Soaring Group. This is episode 46. This episode is brought to you by Arizona Soaring Incorporated, the nation's largest provider of professional glider training. Since 1969, they provided training from initial private through CFI Glider and entry level through advanced aerobatics. Open year-round, seven days a week. More information is available at azsoaring.com. On today's episode of the podcast, we talk with a student pilot who fell in love with aviation at a very young age after his first commercial flight while on vacation with his parents. Later, at the age of 12, he took his first private power lesson with the Civil Air Patrol and soon after took his first glider ride in a Schweitzer 233. Hear what happened after Connor jumped in the cockpit and hear the rest of his story And later on the podcast, we will recap 2019, Soaring the Sky's first year. All of that right now here on Soaring the Sky. Connor, welcome to the podcast. I believe you're in Silver Spring, Maryland, correct? That is correct. Great to have you today. Where did everything get started for you in your aviation journey? So uh, my aviation journey started when I was 10 years old. And um, my parents told me one day that we were taking a flight down to Florida. And, you know, 10-year-old me was like, oh, cool, we get to, you know, fly on a plane. That's cool. And after we, you know, we took, um, I just, I had this immense feeling of excitement. And, you know, as soon as we landed, I started watching videos of planes. My parents were a little confused because I never had any interest in it before that flight. Um, so I feel that flight just really sparked something inside of me. I got hooked on flying, and then a couple months later, I had my parents um, buy me uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator X, and that's when I really got hooked, and I really wanted to start flight lessons. Ah, very cool. Yeah, Flight Simulator, you can definitely discover a lot. It's, it can be very overwhelming, but really cool. All different kinds of airplanes <laughs> yeah. you can fly in. So, so many a lot of people, you know, you, you have your first flight and you automatically fall in love with it. So where do you go from there? Um, so from there, we found out about the, the Civil Air Patrol, actually, um, while visiting the nearby College Park Aviation Museum. And I was still a little too young to join then. Um, the minimum age requirement was 12 years old. So actually, um, a week before I turned 12, we went to visit the local squadron because you have to attend three meetings before um, you can fully join. So pretty much right after I turned 12, I joined. And within the first two weeks in the program, I took my first um, powered orientation flight. So how did you feel about that? I loved it even more than um, flying on a, you know, like a a jetliner because, you know, there's so much more to see. And to actually, you know, get control of the aircraft is a completely new feeling from feeling in, from flying in the back. It just, uh, it was really exciting. So did you go to gliders after that? What happened? So they only offer um, glider flights at one airport in Maryland, at least for Civil Air Patrol. So we had to wait until it was warmer out. But as soon as that um, announcement came out that they were um, offering glider flights for the first time that year... I made sure I was um, on the first day to go um, because I had I had a little, little bit of experience with gliders in the simulator, 
and they seem to you know be a completely different beast from normal flying and when i got to the airport i was surprised at how um not uptight everything was you know they're just you know you walk around the flight line with the glider you stand on the runway to get into it and it was all just a really cool experience for me what did you fly that first time um the first time i flew in a uh, schweitzer uh, 233 very cool that was my my first glider flight was in a 233 very popular i i see yeah it's a very it's a very good trainer you know it's it's kind of mm-hmm. big and and People say it's like flying around a, you know, a truck, but it does the we, job. We said it was like school bus. Yeah, school bus. There you go. It does the job, and you know, it's very reliable, and it's, you know, it recovers yep. from a stall very easily. And yeah, they're they're great trainers. Mm-hmm. So, how many flights did you have? What what did you do after that? So after that, I kept going back every time they offered them, and I. I got a total of four flights in before um, the flight instructor moved to West Virginia, and we didn't have glider operations for a couple years. So in that time frame, I started, you know, looking for another way that I could try and fly glider. And one of them was the, the flight academy in uh, Fredericksburg, Pennsylvania. And I couldn't go my first year because I had another conflict. So I ended up having to wait until I was 15 and applied and i got in that year what were you flying over there the civil air patrol um so at the flight academy i actually um was training in a tg10b which is the air force's um version of the l23 superplanic okay i'm familiar with that one so it's not as big and clunky as the schweitzer um it's it has a better glide ratio um it's a yeah, little that's helpful yeah, it's a little more, um, not aerobatic, but it's, you know, you can do a little more aggressive stuff in that. The response is better. Yep. Probably a little faster. Just things happen a little quicker. So much quicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did your training go? What did you find most difficult, I guess? And what did you find maybe not as difficult? Um, One thing that helped out a lot in you know difference from sim to real world is how much you can feel while you're flying um so i actually found it quite a bit easier to handle the glider in real life because you know if you're slowing down you can feel that if you're not flying straight you can feel it you get all this real time and actually one of the most difficult parts i found was landing i had done some powered flight training before i did glider and i was used to flaring as i came into land and my flight instructor for the first year had to drill just leveling off into me instead of pulling back and raising the nose. Yeah, that's definitely the difference. It's kind of hard to get used to if if you find both of them. It's kind of it's yep. it's kind of weird, but but you know now I love I love landing the glider. Oh, I <laughs> now I find when I fly powered, I forget to flare enough, and so sometimes I have a little rougher landings than I sh- probably should. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your takeoff and flying information with the tow plane how did that go um it took me a little while to get used to it but by the end of the week i actually got pretty good at it and in my first year we started learning um how to box the wake oh yeah that's fun huh it was a little intimidating but um as i got used to it it actually became pretty fun 
It is. It's it's one of the I, I found it is one of the tougher things to learn boxing the way. I mean, I definitely had to do some lots of practicing on that. And, and even when I do it yep. now, you know, it's, it's sometimes it can be. It's like oh, I got to brush up on that a little bit. I've forgotten how to do this. <laughs> so I actually have a story for my second year at the academy. Um, on my pre-solo, they asked me to box the wake. And so, you know, I called the toe play and I said, I'm boxing the wake. And to the bottom left, the top left, and the top right, just fine. And then as I'm going to the bottom right, um, a gust of wind hits me from the left side. And I just, I fall really low. And a bunch of um, slack comes in the toe rope. And it was really scary, not only because of how low I got on the toe, but also because I had a Czech pilot in the back and was very worried about how that would turn out. Um, but luckily, I managed to straighten everything back out and the Czech ride continued. But it was <laughs> very nerve-wracking. I can imagine, especially with someone sitting in the back seat, you know, watching it, every move. <laughs> yeah. But you brought it out and got it back where it needed to be. And... Mm-hmm. You know, a, a couple more seconds and I would have had to pull the release, but luckily everything started straightening back out. Yeah, and you know, we've talked about that before on the podcast, how important it is for the tow pilot and the glide pilot to, you know, work with each other and trust each other because it's it's super important when you're mm-hmm. taking off and when you're, when you're flying formation, you know. It's kind of like each yep. of you are definitely depending on the other one to keep each other safe. Most so they sure. definitely want to make sure you know what you're doing before they let you go on that. Yep. Well, you know, that's another thing. When people fly power, they're not usually flying in formation, especially when they're learning. And uh, another useful tool and skill is to be able to fly in formation and when mm-hmm. flying gliders. So many things you can learn about flying in gliders that you otherwise really wouldn't do in a in a powered plane. Just just a yeah. you know, more reason to start out with gliders. Mm-hmm. It's a much better way to learn the fundamentals of everything. Absolutely, yeah. And like you're saying, how you felt, you know, every move of the glider. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't have that engine, so you don't have that distraction, and you can hear it, you can feel it. It's just a whole another way of flying. Yep. What are you working towards now? So you, so let me back up a little bit. Your solo, how did that go? You you said you soloed yes, I in the, soloed this in, past in the planning. Yes. Um, and it was, I think it was my best flight that I did in my entire soaring. Um, I don't remember much of it just because, you know, there was a lot of adrenaline. And having watched the videos from it a couple of times, those have really cemented themselves in my mind. Um, but I maintained a really good toe according to the people who were watching and i had a really nice um gentle land and i managed to keep wings level until after i stopped which is something i had never been able to do um may have been something with the different uh weight and balance since i didn't have an instructor in the back oh yeah you definitely feel it and i'm sure that you, mm-hmm. you felt yourself coming off the run a lot sooner too yep that's the one thing about your solo, you know, not only are you going by yourself for the first time, but it, it responds a little differently, so it's like getting used to that. It's all happening Very so fast, but <laughs> it's like, yep. okay, here we go. <laughs> like, what I know, I, you, I got off the ground so much quicker than I was expecting. Yeah, so that's like an immediate shock, and then you're like, okay. <laughs> yep. 
So how did it feel being up there when you realized, okay, this is my solo, I'm all by myself? Oh, after I got off of the toe and I realized I was by myself, it was just, I think that was the best feeling in my life, knowing that after all these years I had finally made solo in an aircraft, which had been my dream for years. Um, All the adrenaline and just all the relief and, you know, excitement, it all just started building up. And I think your confidence, too, goes goes up after that. Oh, most certainly. You realize you, you can do it, you did mm-hmm. it, and you're ready for the next step. I remember, um, yeah, I didn't get a lot of sleep the night before because I was worried about, you know, every little thing that could go wrong. You know, um, what happens if I'm not, you know, I don't get used to the new feeling without the instructor and... And I get off on toe and I have to release early or what if I mess up the pattern? And then, you know, once I got up there and released from the toe, I'm like, this isn't any different flying with an instructor. You just don't have anyone talking to you in the back. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, sometimes it's even helped in my training that I would, it sounds funny, but if I started to get nervous at all, I would actually pretend that the instructor was still back there just like being quiet and just keeping an eye on what I was doing. And, you know, somehow that kind of like, oh, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could hear my um, instructor repeating all of his little catchphrases, even though he wasn't actually there. Right. But that's like going through your head while you're flying. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely helps because you do. You start remembering everything they said. And, you know, when when they release you to solo, they know that you're good and that you're going to be safe and they know you're ready. And then once you get up there, you realize, I am ready. I can do this. I was taught how to do this. I know what I'm doing. Yep. I've, I've got this. And that usually all kicks in, and you're good to go. Yeah. And you said the landing was great, one of your best landings? Yes, if not my best landing. Well, that's a good time to do it. <laughs> yeah. Not That would be the worst time for me to plant it into the ground, like a, like a make a crater, because... I, I was worried I was going to do that, and then my instructor would be like, hmm, maybe we need to work on your landing. I got very, I got landing down very well my first year, and then my second year, it, my progress kind of faded away, and it took me a long time to get better at the landings. So what did you do after that solo? What what did you work on? Did you get back in the glider with the instructor or um, a little bit I of both? I did not get a chance to get back in the glider, Um, but we had a debriefing on the ground we talked about what went well you know what is there to still work on um and actually the weather conditions that day in the morning were perfect for a solo flight but then in the afternoon some storms came in so no one really got a chance to fly much that day so what are your plans now um so i've been very busy for the past few months with school and work but i'm hoping that i'll be able to um get up to Pennsylvania, which is where um, the nearest soaring society is to me. And I'm hoping to just continue my training there and hopefully get my uh, private pilot's license for glider while I'm still um, in the area before I go off to college. Well, that would be very cool, and I'm sure you'll have no problem with that. And, you know, the one thing about aviation, and even if something happens, you go off to college and you don't get that finished... You can always step back into it. Always, yep. So it, it never has to be like goodbye. It just has to be, I'll be back. I'll pick it back up in a little while. Yep. And for some of us guys like me, you know, I, I stepped away for 
20 some years and you know had a family and and a lot of course happened in those years but stepped back into mm-hmm. it and now i'm loving flying again yeah and yeah it's always there you know mm-hmm. so do you have any plans for your aviation future as a job um, I would, or i would really like yeah i would really like to be an airline pilot um and you know i've, I've discussed this over with my parents um because actually i've got two career goals and that's to be a music director for musical theater and to be an airline pilot and they don't match up all that well so what me and my parents discussed is well you can't get your airline transport pilot's license until you turn 23 so you know why not go for a degree in music um work on your pilot's license while you do that um at the college i'm planning on attending for music there's an airport not even two miles from the campus where they have a flight school. Um, and then, you know, have music as a backup plan just in case airline doesn't work out. So I can always fall back on that. Yeah, it's always good to have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely. That's a that's a, definitely a smart way of doing it. Do you have any suggestions to any other young people out there that are thinking about getting into flying? And if they are, why they should choose gliders first? I would just say, you know, if you're having doubts about doing it just go out and take a flight and you really love it or it's not for you and you know taking that first step is really the i think the biggest way to really just because if you find that you like it you'll you'll want to do it all the time and i i would say you should start with gliders because it really you know it gives you the fundamental you know stick and rudder experience um and just flying by feel which is really helpful when you go into powered flying because you already have the fundamentals there and now you just need to learn how to manage a car. So it helps out a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And like we've said before, the powered planes, when the engine cuts out, it's sure nice to be able to know how to fly it when that happens. Yeah. They're all gliders. When 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 the the engine quits, it doesn't fall. It just, it, it all turns into a glider. That's right. Yep. Keep the airspeed up and yep. Turns into a glider. Connor, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. I greatly appreciate your time and check back with us. I Thank would you like for to hear me. about absolutely. I'd like to hear about you know how it's going for you in the future and how your flying is going. Absolutely. And there there is a shortage, you know, of pilots. So yep, it's a great time to get into it. All right. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome, Connor, and thank you for joining us. For this episode and all the other episodes you have tuned into in 2019, what an awesome first year for the podcast. Wow. Since launching our first episode in January, we have heard from so many interesting and fun guest pilots. They have taken us in the cockpit with them as we soared all over the globe from flying the ridges of the Appalachians to soaring big thermals over Utah and California and many other states. We flew over the Alps in Austria, went to the Great Heights in Australia. We rolled, flipped, turned, tumbled, and felt some serious Gs as we flew with some of the best aerobatic pilots. We raced in some awesome soaring competitions all over the world with the best pilots on the planet. We joined our aviation friends this summer in the biggest aviation party on the planet, Air Venture in Oshkosh. That was a lot of fun. We have gone airborne with students as they entered the skies alone for the first time and joined the elite group of people who have soloed an aircraft. 
I look forward to 2020 as we continue to build this podcast and this soaring community. You guys have been awesome. Continue to listen. Continue to tell your friends at the Glider Port. We will continue to bring you great soaring content, great guests, and looking forward to bring you adventures each week here on the podcast. If you want to be better connected with us, Michelle is here to give you information on that. On Facebook, it's Soaring the Sky Podcast. On Instagram, it's the same. If you would like to say hi, just drop Chuck a line at chuck at soaringthesky.com. Or you can send us a note on the website. That's soaringthesky.com. Also, if you're a pilot, we want to hear your story. Just send us an email and Chuck will get in touch with you. We hope you join us next week for another great guest and adventure on Soaring the Sky.